Look at uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. I'm sorry for those of you that worship seems like it's a long time, because literally it feels like only seconds to me. (laughs) Does anybody else feel that besides me? I am so serious. Like, I mean, you guys have no idea how much longer I could keep going. I'm being dead serious. Like, literally, does that feel that way to some of you? Just, boop, there it is, and we're back to preaching again. I'm like, what just happened? I mean, obviously it hasn't been that long. The sun's still out, so, right, you know? I mean, literally, man. Now, those of you who never got intoxicated or did drugs, just bear with me for a minute. But, I mean, I used to get intoxicated and do drugs, and, and time would just fly by, man. I mean, I didn't even know what time it was before you know it, it's in the morning. You pass out. You wake up in a house. You don't know where, whose it is. You know, I've had some of those. Uh, instead of kneeling down and bowing down to God, you wake up bowing down to the porcelain toilet. Hello. Anybody had any of those? You're like, you wake up and you're like, your head's like, you know, leaning in the toilet. Serious. That was me. Okay, I was that guy. Now with God, just I drink deep. I'm a heavy drinker. Amen. I'm a heavy drinker, man. I'm telling you, I got to drink deep with the Lord. I just don't want a little dab. You know what I'm saying? I want it all. And we as this generation, we need to learn how to seek God. There's some things that God is going to give to us that's going to come through your hunger and your desire. I'm going to reiterate that word that I said when I was on my face over there, that we in this generation, we, we think God needs to prove it to us. I love to watch Discovery and the Learning Channel. I love documentaries. And we think like God owes us some type of like a documentary, you know? Like the Bible's not enough. Like we need proof, right? We need, we need more evidence. Like he needs to like take a snapshot of an angel, have a YouTube video of angels like dancing around in heaven, you know, post it on YouTube. Hey, this is real, you know? But how many people know if Jesus kept doing that, if he started that process of proving himself to Elliot and proving himself to Lauren like that, how many know that he would have to keep that act up for a pretty long time? He would be like Jiminy Cricket, you know? Like he would always be performing for us. You know, because all of a sudden, like maybe one day, you don't feel him like you did before. And you're like, God, where are you? And he's like, oh, okay, there you are. You know, like he comes with lightning and all that. I want to reiterate this to you. God owes us no more proof of his existence. He owes us no more proof that this is the word of God. It is what it is. If you want to study it and you find different answers, then you can come talk to me. But those who have not studied, but yet you want to doubt it, I I don't have time for you. Because to me, it's just an ignorant mind. Sir Isaac Newton wrote more about the Bible than he did about physics. Are you smarter than Sir Isaac Newton? See, this world has taught you that you can't believe in God and science like we're idiots. Like either you believe in Peter Pan... Or you actually believe 2 plus 2 equals 4 because if, if you believe in Peter Pan, then you don't believe in anything scientific. You know, you're just a fool. Having no idea that the majority of our scientific knowledge, you know, Francis Bacon, who developed the scientific method, these men were Christians, Bible-believing Christians. I'm not just talking about religious people who showed up to some religious service. I'm talking about real Christians. I'm talking about real Bible-believing Christians. The guy who invented the MRI. That's a pretty scientific thing, right? The thing that scans your brain and shows you if you have cancer or not. That man is a full-on Bible-believing, you know, Holy Spirit-filled Christian, filled with God's power. The man who invented the water car, the car that runs on water, if anybody's wanting to know that. That man was a Christian. 
saw that on YouTube the other day, by the way. I don't know if anybody saw the water car yet. No? Okay. Look at Mark 5, 21, rather 24. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. If you need a karaoke screen, follow along. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. So this woman was sick. She probably had her period for an extra long time. She was hemorrhaging. Things were going wrong inside of her woman parts. Okay? Verse 26. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. So this woman is sick for 12 years. She doesn't get better. She gets worse. Jesus, or verse 27, rather, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, look what she thought. Your, your thoughts are important. What you think about matters. She thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she fell in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, Who touched me? Because obviously all these people were bumping up against Jesus. And they're like, Dude, what are you saying? Who touched you? Everybody's touching you. But you notice not everybody touched him the way the woman did. We'll get to that in just a moment. Verse 32, But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. The question that I want to pose to you, the name of today's message is, what do you think about when Jesus passes by? What do you think about when Jesus passes by? Now, this woman lived in a time when the physical presence of Jesus was upon this earth. Now, we live in a time where Jesus' physical presence is in heaven, but His Holy Spirit is here. And that Holy Spirit is a real person. He has real presence and real power. God is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Where is the Father and the Son? Seated in thrones in heaven. The Holy Spirit is with us now. We have Jesus pass by in our services. Don't take this like this is like no big deal. This is a big deal. When we start hanging out and God starts touching us, Jesus is here. Jesus is in the building. Now you may say, well, I don't see Jesus. I don't believe. But that's on you. Someone else may say, I do believe Jesus is here. I believe and reach out and touch him and be healed. I'm not taking this figuratively. I'm taking this literally. Some people want to say, well, figuratively, you know, Jesus might have just helped her out, make, make her live a better life. No, 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 no. This is not a parable. This is, a call, this is called in, literary, in, in literature a historical narrative. This Bible is more accurate than the history of Rome. I'm not just throwing out things, by the way. Check my website if you want some information on that. This is called a historical narrative. They are recording the very actual things that Jesus did. I am taking these actual words and I'm now applying them to our life. And seeing what are you going to do when Jesus passed by. 
Now look at the book of Acts. Just so you don't think I'm all that crazy, but I'm crazy for Jesus. Let's just see what happened when Jesus did go to heaven. Holy Spirit came down. And let's see what happened when the disciples went out and preached the gospel. Let's go to Acts chapter 8. Now, this is not one of the 12 disciples. This is a disciple of a disciple. Everybody say Philip. Now, this is a guy named Philip. The book of Acts is stories about the early church, the story of the apostles. Look at verse 4. It says, those who have been scattered preached the word everywhere they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. So what did this man Philip proclaim? Okay, what did he proclaim? Amen. Think about that. This is not Jesus. Where's Jesus now? He's in heaven. Right? But what happened when Jesus walked the earth physically in his presence? When he walked by, people thought if they touched him, they could be healed like this woman. Boom, they were healed. Now Jesus is in heaven. The Holy Spirit's on the earth. Acts chapter 2 came to all of those disciples. These disciples start making disciples. This man, Philip, is one of the first disciples of the disciples. That's why everybody here should be being discipled by a disciple. How many think I can say the word disciple a few more times? Amen. It's important, isn't it? Everybody say disciple. That's what it's about. So this guy, Philip, he's just a guy who used to clean tables for the apostles. Hey, the disciples are getting busy. They're working. They say, man, we need some people to feed the widows. We need people to clean the tables. Philip, you're a good man. You love God. Why don't you go ahead and do it? Just turn there so you can see it, because I know some of you all just want to learn. I'll take my time. Just go back to uh, Acts chapter 3. Or rather, 6. Thank you. Acts chapter 6. Choosing of the 7. There we go. Just so you can see it. I just want you all to see it so you don't think I'm making it up. Chapter 6, verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing. Does it say the number of Catholics was increasing? Does it say the number of Christians was increasing? Does it say the number of church attendees were increasing? What does it say? The number of what? Disciples were increasing. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. Christian is somebody who just checks off their name on a census. Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a Muslim. I'm, I'm Jewish. Somebody who just goes to church just shows up to church somewhere. No, no, no. These guys aren't church goers only. These guys are not just people who call it by name. They are disciples of Jesus Christ. They were increasing. And the Grecian Jews, among them, complained against the Hebraic Jews. So there's Greek Jews and Hebrew Jews. Because the widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the what? Amen. You all getting it, but say a little bit more louder. They gathered all the... Amen. Together. And said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose yourself seven men who are full of the what? Who are full of the what? Come on, say it again. Full of the spirit and wisdom. See, Jesus is in heaven, but what's on the earth? The spirit. And what did they need to be full of? The spirit. Amen. And it said that they'll be full of spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal seemed to please the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, Philip, etc., all these different names. Verse 6, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the Word of God spread and the number of Christians in Jerusalem increased. Is that what it says? 
So the number of Catholics in Jerusalem increased. Come on. Hello. So the number of Metro Praise members in Jerusalem increased. Y'all got to get this with me. So the number of in Jerusalem increased and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now you're ready for the story. Chapter 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. Who is he? He is a disciple of the disciple. What is he? Full of the spirit and wisdom. And now he's proclaiming who? The Christ. What does the word Christ mean? The anointed one. Christ is Greek. Hebrew is Messiah. Messiah and Christ, same word. Both of them mean the anointed one. He goes to Samaria, this town, and he says, There is this man, and his name is Jesus, and he's the anointed one. He was crucified for our sins. He was buried. He rose again from the dead. He is in heaven, and now his spirit is here. I am full of that spirit, and his power will be demonstrated in your lives. Shikabumba, right now. Hallelujah. Are you all ready? Amen. I said right now. That's what Philip said. Right now, the power of God is here. Let it be demonstrated right now. Ahora, in Spanish, now, right? And look at what he does. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs they did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many. We've seen that. Many paraglytics and cripples were healed. We're still waiting for that. We're praying for them, but we haven't seen that. And there was great joy in the city, and we're seeing that. Then it goes on to say they got saved, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. And God kept doing awesome things in that city. What do you think about when Jesus passes by? It's on you now. I'm a disciple of a disciple of a disciple of a disciple of a disciple. All the way back to my great, 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 great granddaddy Philip. Whose granddaddy was Jesus. Here we are, Christians, more than names, disciples now, living for God, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, entering into His presence. And now we're asking you, what do you think about when He comes? The woman saw Jesus walking by. Everybody was touching Jesus, but they weren't getting healed. There was a lot of alcoholics touching Jesus that never got set free. There was a lot of sick people that were touching Jesus, never got set free. There it is. I mean, it's just as plain as day. Even the disciples were touching Jesus, and they felt nothing. But when this woman saw Jesus coming by, she thought to herself, she made up her mind. Nobody can make up your mind. That's a gift from God. It is called your free will. Unless you are mentally handicapped, we will pray for you and feed you some baby gurgle, burger baby Gerber food, and praise God that we need to love handicapped people. I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying, I make fun of people who are not handicapped but act like it, okay? Right now, nobody's going to force you to go for God. Nobody's going to take that baby Gerber food and go, mm, here comes the plane. Come on, here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. Come on, please. Pretty, pretty, please. Would you worship with us? How many know your pastor doesn't care if you worship with him or not? I'm worshiping. How many of the other disciples here don't care what your neighbor does? You know you're worshiping. So, so please, if you ever feel pressure, just tip out and find another church because we're not here to give you pressure. We're just here to hang out with Jesus. Those of you who know me, you've seen me do this by myself. You've seen me do it 
With hundreds of people, you see me do it with one person. It makes no difference. When somebody flips the switch and says, hey man, Jesus is going to come by here. Let's hang out with him. I'm like, hello Jesus. I'm thinking I want you now. That's what I think. The woman thought, I want to be healed. Bam, she touches him. There she gets. There she gets what she came for. She's healed. Jesus now knows electricity, virtue. The Bible says power. And that's the same word for dunamis. <laughs> Leaves his body. I mean, we were praying this morning for that guy that you got off the street, that homeless guy. The moment we touched him, <laughs> falls right out. I mean, I just felt the power of God. It was just like, <laughs> you know. It's like just short circuit him. You know, it's like, boom. <laughs> I don't know if the sound effects are helping or hurting the the story. But I'm talking about the power of God. Some of you have felt the power of God. Some of you have prayed for others with the power of God. But I just want to ask everyone collectively, what do you think about when he passes by? I think those who are sick ought to say, Jesus, I believe you can heal me. I believe those that come depressed and hurting should say, Jesus, I believe you can turn my mourning into dancing. I'm challenging those of you here that feel like life has let you down and you've been served the wrong batch of cookies and you, somebody keeps stealing your cookies and this life is no good. You just need to say, Jesus, give me some more cookies. Help me see the purpose of this thing. Those that find themselves addicted on substances, let me tell you, it's not 12 steps, it's one step. Jesus. Bam. That's how it is. That's how it works. I went one step, on my knees, set free, drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, never again. Smoked from the time I was 11, drank a little bit after that, drugs a little bit after that, every day. I didn't get high, I lived high. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Boom, there comes Jesus. How about this one? Because people are like, well, I don't do drugs. How about lust? You want to get set free from lust? Get a hold of Jesus. That testimony probably impresses people more than the other one. How about this, guys? No masturbation or pornography for 10 years. And when I got married, it still was fully functioning. Praise the Lord. Glory adios. Oh, if you don't do it, it will stop working. It will explode. No. It does what it does. You let it do what it do. And then you move on. But that doesn't mean you have to go to www.bighooters.com. Hello? Strawberry lotion in the bedroom by yourself? Come on. You don't have to do that. Jesus, I'm thinking if you pass by today, I could be set free from the sin of lust. How about anger? So whether it's sicknesses, diseases, evil spirits, or just the sin of our life, what are you thinking about when Jesus comes by? Because obviously, if you don't have a demon and you don't have a disease, you can still get something from Jesus too. But listen to me. If you have a disease or you have a demon, we love you. We will pray for you. And just let that junk get out tonight. And believe God that he can heal you. You say, what if he doesn't heal you? Okay, we'll pray for you again next week. But what if he does? What if I just saw one person healed in my life? Wouldn't that be more than most people on this entire planet? And I've already seen a few just this month. I mean, God is moving. He's passing by. Let's get in it. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet. Here's the application of the message. A disciple has just preached to you about Jesus. What do you want from him? What are you thinking about now? What are you thinking about? What's on your heart right now? 
If you came to this place right now and you want to accept Jesus into your heart, we welcome you to come to this altar right here and just come to your knees. Obviously, you've seen us. We're not ashamed to pray and hang out with Jesus. You ought not to be either.